Hey guys, it's Idia. It's Osa. And this episode of Just Winging It is brought to you by Link24 Radio. You can listen to Just Winging It on link24radio.com for free. Where you can catch the freshest and latest Afro-urban music, topics, and everything and anything you want to know. Just Winging It. Tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who jewels got pop, who mostly goes down to the The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me yourselves, pull a level up. You don't believe I'm on the world, double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Didn't know me 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem with the Goldie sound. Can't hold kid beat. Hold me down, cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And yeah, there go mace, there go your cutie. Around the DOA, be on your way. Cause it ain't enough time here. Ain't enough lime here for you to shine here. Deal with many women, but treat down fair. And I'm bigger than the city lights down in Times Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The annoying smooth guy. Oh. Oh, back, back at it. Back with the allergies. <laughs> <laughs> work with me. Work with me. All right. He good. Dry ass nose. But anyway, we have, we have a. Get snow. All right. You know what? We're gonna get into this before we start a fight. We have a special guest, Utak West, in the building. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. Hold your applause. Hold your applause. <laughs> we don't got those. Uh, we don't got those things yet. We can clap. So we're gonna clap. Working right on now. it. <laughs> So, Utak, I want you to introduce yourself to the 
the Link 24 radio, okay. the Just Winging It. We need right. to know who you um, are. Good afternoon, everybody. Link 24 radio, Just Winging It. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Utak West, and I'm a lifelong Brooklyn resident. Can we get applause for Brooklyn? Hey. Y'all crazy. And so, yeah, I'm in the, um, I'm in Bed-Stuy in the hood and um, I also run a nonprofit organization, Higher Self Lifestyle, executive director of that. And um, I'm just out here. So what is Higher Self? It's Explain a, to people what Higher Self is, because it's it amazing. It is a community service nonprofit. Um, we deal in small business development, um, housing recently, jobs, um, a little bit of everything. And we just try to be a, um, a resource hub for community members, pretty much. That's what's up. So how'd you get into that? Um, well, that's it's it's interesting because I feel like you know just thinking back, y'all can hear me. I'm good. Yeah, you good? Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was actually kind of born into it. Like we were just talking about community and all of that, and like just the examples. So growing up, from my parents to you know the business owners that I interacted with. Just everybody in my life, you know, was about that life, and so so am I. That's amazing. Um, so how long have you been been since, a part of Higher Self? Or? Since um, 2012. Oh wow, so mm-hmm. five years. Wow. Yes. So I'm, we need your. I'm, let, let I'm me getting you old. Some, yeah, <laughs> me and Utah together. Years. <laughs> <laughs> getting old. It's lit though. I it's like old. being old. Is, it's, it's it's no big deal. A I'm lot saying. has changed mm-hmm. in a few years. A lot has changed. We're gonna talk about that right now. We're gonna get into the community and what. Uh, <laughs> The gentrification is looking like in oh, Brooklyn wow. because we're all Brooklyn natives in here. And well, I think Osa's. I live in Brooklyn. All right. Nice. Don't come for me. Thank nah, you. Shout out, ID, Hill. Shout, ID, out Hill. Shout out to Ocean 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 Hill. Fuck out of here. Do not come for me, that's y'all. That's that gentrification <laughs> shit I'm talking about. No one called that shit Ocean Hill. Listen. It's New York, Brownsville, right? I'm not from Brownsville, though. Oh, I'm not bad. from Ocean Hill. Google it. It's right there. Like, whatever. Anyway, we're going to talk about this gentrification thing and, um, Let's talk about how it. how is it affecting you? You know, basically running not even how let's scratch the business. How is it affecting you as a black man in your community? Wow, I hate it. I hate it. Like, you know, you talk to a lot of black people, mm-hmm. um, and a lot, especially the ones that think that they have a leg up, and they're just like, oh well, you know, gentrification is not so bad. Like, you know, the community is cleaner, and and those are the people we, in the sunken place. We have. <laughs> Yes, we have more, you know, there's more police presence and there's less crime. It's just mm-hmm. like, listen, 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 listen. I will take the, like, I've been robbed before. Like, mm. I've gotten into, you know, I'm a product of Bed-Stuy, but I would take that any day mm-hmm. over what is happening because right now um, in a lot of, places that were once home they're just not anymore like mm. we don't we don't own it anymore did um, we ever no we did we did we did we did it we did it's a valid question i don't oh, know we, we did. did no we did okay, we own we own, <laughs> we own a lot more than we do now and um and just it's not just about the deeds and the property deeds it's the fact that they're 
this stuff that is being built is not for us at all. So would you take old Brooklyn rather than new Brooklyn? Yes, I would take old Brooklyn over new Brooklyn. So you're trying to say like there are no perks. I'm just, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm not for gentrification at all, but you know, just plain devil's advocate here. Um, So you're not for, you know, the perks of gentrification, the inclusion of other people as some people will say. We don't need another wine shop. No. (laughs) We're good with the liquor store. We're good with the liquor store. Okay. And, and, And the thing is like, the thing is, when people talk about gentrification versus no gentrification, they mm-hmm. talk about the perks. I guess like you, you Coffee get shop. instead of the the liquor stores with with the with the painted up and and um, the oh, ads all over the, the bullet windows bullet. and the bulletproof <laughs> and no customer service. And, the and, just and then they talk about the nice little wine places, but but also like yo, some of the some of the support that these little wine shops are getting. Um, they're getting from institutions and politicians that could have e- quite easily the done the same thing for us, mm-hmm. you know. But the yeah. fact that it was our face faces asking for it and needing this stuff, we didn't get it. And so it's not like okay, black stuff, you know, bad, messed up, mm-hmm. you know, gentrified, um, white stuff, pretty fancy, nice. Like it's not that simple. And so. Mm-hmm. And who were you gonna say, Omari? Sorry about that. I mean, I was gonna continue. I was gonna continue what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Granted, I was able to, you know, move into like a decent, what you call gentrified building, luxury apartment. Luxury <laughs> ain't no decent. <laughs> he has yeah, these decent. Here we go. Cool but I, but <laughs> I, I, I kind of do miss the old Brooklyn rather than the, the new Brooklyn because it was so much culture. It was so much, you know, Facts. on like it's everything's it authentic, authentic you know, yeah. compared to what we were looking at right now, like. I, I low key missed the two, two lanes when cars are going up and down now compared to the stupid, stupid ass bike lanes. <laughs> like, I almost broke my neck using these bike lanes getting over here just to do this episode. I'm I catch you not. But I'm sweating bullets. Like, it's not a game. Like, but yeah. I, I kind of missed it for the most part. See, so. and you know what my thing too. Um, this is not a, a bash to white people or whatever case may be. I'm not really feeling y'all right now. Anyway, so with that being said, <laughs> I've been telling y'all, but y'all don't like to listen. I ain't trying to be in that second place. But um, basically, it's to the point where we live in our, we've been living in our neighborhoods all of our, all of our lives, and these people move into our neighborhoods and look at us like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know what I mean? And that's and that's, that's, that's the, the and that's the issue because I, Utaka, I told you, I told all you guys the story. I was sitting on my stoop one day mm. and I live, I live in a, I used to live in a black neighborhood. Used to. Now, you know, it's, it's a little indifferent. We're, we're the minority now. We weren't before, but I was sitting on my stoop sending out emails and um, a new neighbor walked in, walked to her house and was like, um, excuse me, like, where do you live? No way. Deadass. And I was like, who the f- Like, <laughs> bitch, where do you live? I've been living here all my life. You know what I mean? And it's you? to the point where she, she calls it laudering. She thought I was, she thought I was laudering. Are you kidding nah. me? She thought I was laudering. And I'm just like, that's the shit I be talking about. You know, there's no respect when they come into these neighborhoods. It's welcome like, a, welcome, welcome her to the hood. I ain't welcoming that word. Any of them really I'm live in the hood. I'm taking back to the, 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 the 90s, early right. 2000s, when we run people out the hood. But the that's the thing. We don't, well, yeah, I don't, really I don't think we have to do all of that. But there should be a, a, a thing of accountability. It's just like when you go to L.A., when you, you know, artists go to L.A., they they big, they go to the, yeah. the L.A. natives yeah. before they can enter their block or their, that, their town. They don't do that to us. Well, I I, I see what you guys mean in in terms of like the sense of entitlement, the Mm -hmm. sense of like, you know, ownership, if you would say. But at the same token, it's like 
that whole going into California and going to Oak is it Oakland? Oakland, Oakland. and like um, Compton and all that stuff like that. I feel like that's more with the industry, quote unquote. Like that's no, that's, that's not example. Yeah, I get it, but like you're not gonna you're not gonna meet an everyday person that's gonna come and go no. quote unquote show respect. Also, that's not the, if, if you live where I live that right. What we did when when my mom, when, I guess when my parents moved in, you introduce yourself. Yes. You get what I'm saying? You introduce. I get you, but that was at a different time. That was a different time, though. What 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 like what? Before year? we could ask for you got sugar. Now it's like what, where the hell you live at? What year yeah. was that when you guys moved into that my, neighborhood? My, that my was a different mom era. This house since like eighty. Okay, so that's that's you can't you can't you can't compare that time with this time. One no. thing I want to make I, I want everyone to understand is that New York is a diverse place. I get it. I'm not for gentrification at all, but you have to understand that people are going to be moving in from different parts of the world, and you can't really control where they stay, right? Because know, if rent is cheap, rent is cheap. I don't know. But I, don't know. I, I feel like you, you gotta, can. You, you can. If you got a girl coming from um, from freaking I don't know Idaho or something like that, and moving in Brooklyn, and she got a, a one bedroom apartment, she's paying twelve hundred a month, and mm-hmm. that's the only place she can afford. That's the only place she's gonna have to go to. I'll go to the Bronx. <laughs> the Bronx too is getting expensive yeah, as well. I don't, I don't like, know if it's, I don't know if it's, nah, it's, just, if it's that simple. Yeah, just it's like not. you know, like it's through osmosis, like people just kind of migrate toward yeah. the cheapest area. They because do. They're migrating to where it's trendy. Brooklyn right now is very trendy. They want to be in a trendy neighborhood. Right. And Back also, in the day, they wasn't moving to the stock. So stock. trendy to the point where Brooklyn's about to be the new Manhattan. Come on. It, it, it is right now. It's way expensive Basically. than Manhattan. And also, like, you know, the price points, like, if we talk about that, there are cheaper places to live. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned diversity. Um, yes, New York City has always been a diverse place, one of the most diverse places. However... Um, New York City is comprised of neighborhoods mm. that have very distinct um, ethnic and, and cultural signatures. Okay. And whenever you go to any neighborhood, you're supposed to, and I think this is what Dia is trying to get, get to, is you're supposed to honor the customs mm-hmm. of the neighborhood, no matter where you go in the world. Yes. And if you don't, then you are a disease mm-hmm. to the place. Like, you're not a part of the um uh, the environment, the environment or the ecosystem, you're a disease. Like you're there to just, you know, take whatever you can and not, you know, pay homage to anything mm-hmm. and just, just exist. Like that's, that's not right. Again, I want to, I just want to play devil's advocate. Okay, we're saying where these gentrifiers are playing, are also, being. Don't go into the sunken place. I'm, I'm never in the sunken place. <laughs> you already know how I feel about them folk. Okay. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, okay. Again, I'm going to use the example of a girl or a guy from the middle of nowhere, okay. Idaho or something Idaho, like that, right? right? They found a job working at some fashion magazine, and Brooklyn mm-hmm. is honestly the only place that they can afford. Mm-hmm. They themselves, as a unit, as one person, not as a collective, let's make that very clear, they're individuals. Mm-hmm. They are not making that much of an impact compared to a whole collective moving in. I get what you guys are let saying. Let me go to Park Slope. Okay. Who, okay. Can I'm you sorry. afford Park Slope? Cool. I can't. I'm glad you mentioned that. Oh, Carol's Garden. It takes, it takes people like us who, like, Grew up in the neighborhood to bring back to the roots, introduce the, them to the roots of how our culture is. But how how, how many how many, many stop, no, 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 but how many of your neighbors stores and shit? How many of your neighbors have you spoken to in your lifetime? All of them. All of them. All of them. No, where you live right now? Everybody on your floor, you speak to them. Not everybody. Okay. I know my whole. I know my whole block. But have you made the effort to go and knock on everyone's door like, hey, I just moved into apartment. I see them in the street and I've never seen their faces before. I'm gonna make it my business to introduce them. What I'm what I'm getting from what 
what you said, idiot, was that like back in when your your mom and your dad moved into the neighborhood that you guys live in right now, mm-hmm. you actually made the effort to go and knock on other people's doors and say, hey, I just moved in, just mm-hmm. wanted to let you guys know. Right now, no, everyone is for themselves. We're, we live in an era where everyone is for themselves. You're going to go and do what you got to do and keep it moving. Unless you see them in passing, hey, I just moved in or something okay. like that, you're not going to okay. make the effort to go and knock on someone's okay. door okay. and okay. say that you're going to introduce no. yourself. Oh, that doesn't oh, work. No, 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 no. Go ahead, that's, go ahead, go ahead, that's go ahead, just the Brooklyn in us, basically, because it's in each culture, like it's in each aspect of how we grew up. Like when, me but the and world is more than Brooklyn. Brooklyn. We, don't, we don't even live on the same block. Me, but yeah, the world me. is more than Brooklyn. So no, this Brooklyn talking, mindset is un, about, unfair. But, but no, we're not. Let's not even talk about the Brooklyn. We're gonna let's talk about where, where we're from. We're from Brooklyn, so let's focus on Brooklyn because we don't know anything about Manhattan because we never lived in Manhattan. True. We don't know anything about Queens because we didn't live in Queens. I mean, not that I know of. You know what I mean? Me and Omari literally do not live on the same block, but we live in the same neighborhood. When you see the same faces over and over and over again, you acknowledge them. That's my whole point. You need to acknowledge. Don't look at me or call the cops on me and question where the fuck I live at. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Don't do that. That's what they're doing. So, okay. So, so when you say like when they when they move into your building and and they start disrespecting you, then I then we're gonna See, have when the it's gonna be a whole other conversation. Comes into play, then it's a whole other conversation. But, but, but if they're just moving in and minding though. their business, I feel like yes, it's. I'm not gonna say it's wrong. They're minding their business though, because for one, first of all, their their presence is not just osmosis. Like their presence, they're here deliberately. First of all, mm-hmm. the developers. And, you know, the real estate agents and the banks, you know, like redlining and, you know, all we're not even going to get into all of that, but they're here because by design, Mm -hmm. right? It's not. And so while an individual might think that, oh, yeah, well, this is a place that I found, you know, Clinton Hill, like this seems great to me. It is much more insidious than that. It is much more like the same people that are ushering that girl from Idaho in are ushering idea out. Like and on purpose. That's a fact. And on purpose. They're gonna raise my rent. And and to talk about respect, to talk about respect, like their presence and okay, if you're in a place and you just mind your business and the custom is to actually, you know, say hi to the to the old lady store owner that's been there and or to not call the cops on loud parties. Then you know you what you think is minding your business is disrespect, and so you know I don't think that there's much of a difference between what they assume is okay. I'm minding my business. I'm just doing Mm -hmm. me and disrespect because the lady who told Dia that she was loitering on the place that she was born in, Mm -hmm. where my my mom owns, where her her mom owns, (laughs) like she is a danger to the Dia's existence. In that place, okay. and so I can see how it could escalate. But yeah. I, like because I said, I just want to be clear that I said then, I was playing then, devil's <laughs> advocate, so don't come to me, y'all. I know yeah. how y'all. She's do. not in the second place anymore. <laughs> Never have been. Don't. So don't and, and, and I like to use Osa as. We need to use. I like. I want to use Osa as an example, right? Okay. Osa lives. In, you said Ocean Hill, correct? Yes. Ocean Hill ain't about to be Ocean Hill no more. Ocean Hill right oh, now. Oh, yeah, it's changing. It's changing. It's also, been changed. Soon, yeah. you won't even have a fucking grocery store because they're building buildings over there for people that don't look like you 
You get what I'm saying? I agree with they, what they, you're they saying. They tore down, Omari, they tore down our grocery store. We don't Facts. have a grocery store in our neighborhood Facts. because they're building luxury apartments for people that don't look like so us. So where are you supposed to do your Thank you. shopping? Thank you. And soon they're going to be shutting down all of our corner stores where they make all the best sandwiches and shit because Facts. of these Yelp reviews and then they're going to be calling the Board of Health and shit. You got to like, save farm in the deli, Brooklyn. That's your cat don't got to bodega, that shit ain't right. That shit ain't right. So we got the... Like the cat is the owner of the bodega. This is that's facts. a fact. That's a fact. So, how do you think we can reverse gentrification? Do you think we can, or is it, is we, it too late? No. Too deep? And so, just like I was saying, like the the, the factors that go into what we see as gentrification, um, there there are a lot of them, mm-hmm. and they run deep, and they run they're big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for that same reason, by the time we see it, it's pretty it's farther along than we even think and so you know when you're you're living on a block and you start to see you know different faces move in Mm -hmm. you know that's been in the works for some time now yeah and um i'm not sure if we can reverse anything i think Uh, that we can we can we can keep our our foothold you know where we're at like invest our money differently and and try our best to own in our neighborhood right i mean where we what we have we can hold on to always Mm -hmm. because like nobody can nobody can make you sell and nobody can make you you leave if you actually own but you know as far as reversal nah, it's a little late for that um i may disagree only for the simple fact because we always got time. Time. What? Well, we we have some time on our hands, meaning that it takes us though to, for us to, to reverse it. We got to start coming out to all these community board um, meetings. We got to start, sure. you know, voicing our, our opinions on certain things that really, really, you know, Speak to affecting your us. District, um, exactly. Ca- council, council, council people, people everybody. And we really got to stick to the guns. Like we we say something, they could bitch and complain for like a good week and a half. The next thing you know, we disappear and shit. Yeah. Like, it takes us to really, you know, like, take our stand and, and really, really make sure our voices is heard. But I think it has and a lot sure to do... And make sure that we could, we could also support one another who's in a position which mm-hmm. our voice could be represented mm-hmm. well in front of these individuals that's, that's, you know, making these changes for real, for real. But I also think that has a lot to do with our minds right now. Like, it's so short. Like, it's so short-lived. Everything is so short-lived. So, like... I, um, I hate to bring it to like a whole social media aspect of it, but it's kind of like social media. Like it's 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 on and popping right now. The rage is there then, and then all of a sudden it's gone. That's the way our minds are. Programmed. That shit is gone, and that is sad. It's yeah. really sad. But I do think also too, like <clears throat> as we're getting older and and hope you know, God willing, the more money we make, we're able to save and to invest back into our communities by owning our homes and buying homes in our community. But how can we get? A bank for our buck in our hoods. You know what I mean? Like warehouses right. are going for three point five million, seven and, million and, dollars. And that's what I'm saying. Like you know, once <clears> you start <throat> seeing that those tags, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit late to reverse. You know, gentrification. Like we can, but we can put a stop. We to can, it. we can. Yes, we mm-hmm. can hold on to what we have and keep our stake in New York City, in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, in these not you know the meat, even y'all. these gentrified hoods. But we can. <laughs> but like, it's not like oh, you know, all of a sudden, all the gentrifiers are gonna say, oh, you know, wow, they really stood. We're out of here. Like, you know, this was this yeah. was nice. It was a nice experiment, but we're gone. Like, they're here mm-hmm. now. Um, but what are you gonna do? But you know, there are there are other places. You know that mm-hmm. what Brooklyn was in the '90s, mm-hmm. it is now. And so, mm. you know, there are places where I feel like um, 
even more than Brooklyn because I used to be a lot more in love with Brooklyn when Brooklyn was old Brooklyn I used to think imagine you know okay why wouldn't I want to have a family here Mm -hmm. you know now I'm just like yo why would I (laughs) now I'm like yo like the 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 property that you know people I know like my friends my family have owned and bought in the 90s I could never and my peers could never ever ever afford them like like who has 3.5 3.5 million dollars to chilling to, in the bank even please. 10% of that so 10% of 3.5 million is 350 right and so that's a modest down payment and so once you have that's a fully built house down then you have a what a three four story unit God forbid Sally may come knocking at your door like yo send that check right and so then you have a then you have a then you have a mortgage what's what's um 350,000 take away um, I ain't good with the mental. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you <laughs> have a huge, tough. you have a huge mortgage every month. You plus gotta pay property probably tax. like four thousand plus property tax, you know, plus anything, plus Con anything. Ed, and so then you have to rent that out, and like it just doesn't seem worth it. Like you have to rent it; it just doesn't seem worth it at all. Um, but there are other places that you know you can still get a house for three hundred fifty thousand, and you know it might be worth us investing our collective dollars. Over there. Yeah, North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Just swing it. Go get a drink. I want to be a billionaire so fucking bad. Buy all of the things I never had. I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen Oh, every time I close my eyes I see my name in shiny lights Yeah, a different city every night Oh, I I swear The world better prepare For when I'm a billionaire yeah, I would have a show like Oprah. I would be the host of everyday Christmas. Give Trappy a wish list. I'd probably pull an Angelina and Brad Pitt and adopt a bunch of babies that ain't never had shit. Give away a few Mercedes like, here, let me have this. And last but not least, grant somebody their last wish. It's been a couple months that I've been single, so you can call me Travis Claus, minus the ho-ho. <laughs> Get it? I'd probably visit where Katrina hit and damn sure do a lot more than FEMA did. Yeah, can't Forget about me, stupid. Everywhere I go, I might have my own theme music. Every time I close my eyes, what you see, what you see, bro? President dunking on his delegates, then I compliment him on his political etiquette. Toss a couple million the air just for the heck of it, but keep the five twenty tens and bins completely separate. Yeah, I be in a whole new tax bracket. We in recession, but let me take a crack at it. I probably take whatever's left and just split it up. So everybody that I 
look and have a couple bucks. And not a single tummy around me would know what hungry was, eating good, sleeping soundly. I know we all have a similar dream. Go in your pocket, pull out your wallet, put it in the air and sing. I wanna be a billionaire, so fucking bad. So Buy all of the things I never had. Buy everything. <laughs> I wanna be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. What up, Oprah? back <laughs> so off air we were uh i was having a discussion with my friends them here about what happened to me in class today where uh, a white jewish boy <laughs> told that's <laughs> a big shit he got real head. comfortable real quick. what did he do that nigga told, <laughs> nah, he not, <laughs> that boy told he said what's goody my nigga yep wow <laughs> wow that's not yeah. funny and um yeah. a white girl in my class I'm getting heated right now. Like, give me the tight. But the white girl in my class said, "Idiot, you're taking it out of context. Like, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. And I'm just like that. Just like that. Wow. You know, white people shit. That's crazy. <laughs> and um, and I slapped him in the back of the neck. Like when he said, <laughs> it, yeah, I slapped him. It was a reflex. Off with your kufi. Like it was a it reflex. Was, it was a reflex, Ooh. and it wasn't because I didn't want to get violent with him, but I wanted to teach him a lesson. Like, watch your fucking mouth. You know what I mean? And I felt that he. He got too comfortable too quick. That's old Brooklyn. Yes. Is that old Brooklyn? Okay, old, old Brooklyn. But he didn't even say anything back to me. He just stood there like, and then my professor was gonna kick me out of the class. She was like, Idia, you know, you cannot, you gotta use your words. I'm not a fucking child. I don't need to use my words. You know, sometimes actions speak louder than words. And he he got the he got the picture. In this case, you gotta blame the media for him. Giving him that. He was listening to way too much Kendrick or some he shit. He felt like he could say that shit to you and get and get away with it. So I think that you did the right thing. I think I, that I, I agree. Kudos I think to you. you. Did the right thing. Even though I don't condone violence, but I don't condone violence. You got to girl. You, you did what you, you had to do. You got to let people know. Yeah. What type of time you on? You not pussy out here. So. And that shows you what type. That <laughs> shows you what type of Real privilege talk. that he has. Like yeah. not only as a man, as a white man, and then a white on top Jewish of that, man, a Jewish man. Let's just call it spade. <clears throat> right. But for your professor to be like, oh, India, use your words. And she told like, me to use my words. Like sis, you could have you could have kicked him out. Like that was disrespectful. Yeah, like she could have used her action. You, to yeah, kick him that you had the power you know to do but that. That's the, that's the power of the color, though. That's mm-hmm. the white privilege, unfortunately. Um. I'm not that privileged. I'm privileged, but I ain't that privileged. You know what I mean? So um, this brings me to the question, is reverse racism okay in terms of reverse us racism. black people being ra- racist to <laughs> other reverse people? Reverse racism does not exist. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back that ain't hear me. Rever- reverse racism does not exist. 
racism by its definition is people that are oppressing the other power the other people based on their power number one culture religion color etc etc so as black people unfortunately and sadly i have to say this we don't have the power that the whites or the white people have in order to oppress them they are we are the oppressants and they are the oppressors Hmm. so reverse racism does not exist i'm sorry for all y'all how you feel about that You see my face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. It doesn't like, exist. You don't think so? I mean, like she, like I said, she like, hit on top instance, of the head. Like I can't. It, so is that is us, like not saying us? I don't want to mark anybody here, but like not doing business with like say Jewish folks. Is that me being racist? That's was that me that's being prejudiced? That's a that's preference. A, I think that's you being prejudiced. That's me being prejudiced. Right. Okay. So, right, yeah, so like, wait, wait. What's the reason though? Because you saying that you don't want to do something with a specific type of group is your preference. I don't nec- unless you have like unless you're saying that they're this, that, and a third, which in a negative connotation. Without that, then it's just a preference. Okay. It's not necessarily being prejudiced unless you had a negative thing attached to why you don't want to do business with them. Then I could shady, say that's prejudice. Right. I mean. Okay. So okay. then you would be like, all right, that's being prejudiced, and right. I feel like everyone, um, anybody is prejudiced. I'm prejudiced. prejudiced. Everybody's prejudiced. Right. prejudiced. And how you feel about the reverse racism? I feel like, like you know, like you said was on point. Like ra- racism is the intersection between prejudice and power. Yeah, you got that word right there. Like you gotta, like you gotta have both. Mm. We only so we all got prejudice. We don't all got power, mm. and so, <laughs> and so yeah. Like if you decided, oh, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna shop at you know Jewish stores. Like that is prejudice. That's because, prejudice, or is that preference? I mean, okay, it depends Ooh. on why. If okay. you say, oh, because I don't like them, you know, that, that's prejudice. <laughs> that's prejudice, exactly. Right. If you if yeah. you're saying, oh, you know, and almost any reason why you come up with for you know saying I'm not gonna shop with one ethnicity, it's gonna there's gonna be some prejudice, prejudice in there. But our prejudice is not going to make, it's not going to get anybody arrested. It's not going to um, take away educational opportunities from anyone. Um, It's not going to kill anyone. It's not going to get anyone murdered in cold blood by the police. Hmm, So, you know, so therefore we just have prejudice and we're just flapping in the wind. But, you know, when that professor, when she doesn't kick that boy out, even though he said something that was racist to you, you know, that is racism mm-hmm. on her part. And because she has institutional she power. Like, yeah. She has a power that mm-hmm. that she can either wield or not wield, mm-hmm. and that will affect your life, you know, so. That's a exactly. fact. So do you think, because um, Charlemagne just came out with a book called, is it, it's called Black, Black Privilege. Privilege. Yeah, Black Privilege or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you think we're gaining Black Privilege back? No, no. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the distribution of, like, what what do we actually have? And so mm-hmm. we're, we're everywhere. Like, everybody loves black culture. Everybody loves black cool. We're everywhere. You see us everywhere. It's always been that way, mm-hmm. though. You know. We're but, popular, but yes, we're not. Yes, we're always popular. We don't have we're the popping. power. Like, we make the trends. Black people are the coolest. Like, we're cool. Mm-hmm. But we're still hungry. True. Yeah. Like, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. but I feel like. In this case, I think we are getting back black privileges because the simple fact we're creating our own opportunities, which is the theme of the book. But we're creating a, do- a different kind of voice where we're telling these people who's, who's you know, culture vulture our stuff or who's buying our shit mm-hmm. that, all right, cool, keep that. Here's, here's a new wave of things we're coming up with. And but don't try to fuck with it or whatnot, though. But hear hear me out, though. Okay, I'm gonna let you finish. Hear me out, though. <laughs> like, we're in the process of which, okay, we got people buying our shit and whatnot. But at the end, end of the day, we still 
we're we're individuals. We're smart enough to come up with something new. Every mm. every idea is, is 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 going to be fresh enough to where we could remix it over and over again, where in which it could be so innovative that it won't be that easy enough where other people could, will have to you know okay flip it and turn it into theirs. But have we always not what? been doing that? Because yeah. like that's true. Like okay, let's let's talk about like the the history of music mm-hmm. in this uh-huh. country, music in the United States. Black American Don't people have their fingerprints, footprints, every print, everything, all true over and through every single genre. Like we cannot, you cannot think of any jo- genre that Black American like didn't pioneer. And so From let's let's talk, about, let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about rock, it, let's talk about rock and roll, okay. mm-hmm. right? And so any of these old rock musicians, they'll tell you, yeah, man, Chuck Berry, like, he had did it. Like, he was, he was... <laughs> he had the hopes. <laughs> yes, yeah. but besides that, like, he pioneered the whole, the whole the genre. Yeah. And so he died, what was it, earlier this year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do, like, so now all these kids, these rock and rollers, these white rock and rollers, like, what, where is Chuck Berry, like, is he benefiting from the work that they're doing it from their art now like nah. who what, they, what? They, ne- they don't pay homage to him they, they don't pay, pay homage, homage to him to the elvis, elvis. they you. don't right and so all elvis did was you know he looked through when he looked through somebody's window and he stole a bunch of stuff yeah. and did it poorly but <laughs> but like elvis talk. is rock Come and roll on. and so mm. we've been innovating like jazz like how many how many young kids now even know that jazz was a black thing. Nobody. Mm. Like the Harlem Renaissance, that like that alone. They didn't like, teach that to us in school. We had to do our own research and hear from our parents. Right. That that jazz was an exclusively for blacks. Black thing. Yeah. You know, but now like, you know, people, you know, white or artists are touring the world for, you know, for jazz and they're getting paid and we're not. We're not. Mm. You and know, and, and it's not in our schools. Like we don't even yeah. it's a race. Like we don't it's even It's not a part of the it. curriculum. We and, don't even have it. Um, to piggyback on what you're mm-hmm. saying, because I agree with you, but I, unfortunately, Omari, I have to disagree with you. Okay. Um, <laughs> as far as, yes, we're, we're, we are, I want to say, the most innovative people in the world. Like, if you look at the diaspora, anywhere you find a black person, we are creative, facts. we are innovative, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. However, when it does come to music, fashion, food, whatever it may be, when we do create something, nine times out of ten, less than a month, a white kid is doing it. Mm. A white kid Poorly. is trying to imitate it. A white kid is trying to fabricate it. All those they things. They just have the funds behind them. They to have make it not lit. even the funds. They have the it. platform and the privilege. This right. is the mm-hmm. key word yeah. here. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's focus on that. That's they true. have the privilege in order to do that and then make it quote unquote mainstream. Yes, mm. hip hop is mainstream and it's dominated by black men, women. But it's owned by white Jewish. Exactly those people that those mm-hmm. Sony contracts, those um, Epic, Def, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like there's a white man sitting behind the chair like that's even on the chair that's 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 doing what he's doing mm-hmm. so at the end of the day we can create whatever we want to create there's always going to be the quote-unquote culture vultures out there trying to imitate our art as their lives but it's mm-hmm. that's not the way it is you know what i mean that's that's not the way it should be and that's where um like we need to take back the power like in order to like make sure that the things that we create are ours and not theirs like I love what Chance the Rapper is doing he's an independent artist like he's doing his thing and he you can tell like the influence there's jazz there's gospel there's hip hop there's all that stuff and it's his music at the end of the day Mm. there's no white man sitting at a desk saying that oh 
um, 360 deal or 10% of this or da 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 da. Yeah, he might have managers and agents, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the music is his. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, some people have gone through their careers and had to sign five contract deals or whatever, five album deals or whatever. But unfortunately, the music is not theirs. It's not theirs. Like, we need to own our things. We need to take back our ownership. She can't perform certain songs anymore. She has to change the arrangement. Like, it sucks. You know? You didn't know that? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, but it sucks. And so we don't really, we haven't really gained anything. Like we, we make stuff. But why aren't we putting? Like our, we why, create. But why aren't we doing it hard enough to put our stamp on it so that these things don't happen? I think we are making an effort. Like especially when Black Lives Matter began, um, everyone mm. was in support of Black-owned businesses. I'm I feel like. I'm with them, but yeah. yeah. Well, we're not talking about Black, black oh, okay, Lives Matter. Cool, we're cool. talking about Black-owned <laughs> business. We're talking about owning <laughs> privilege, <laughs> ownership. Yeah. So we, we you know, we're there's this movement of black owned and supporting black owned you know products and businesses and stuff like that i feel like we are making effort in order to get to where we need to go to mm-hmm. but it's gonna take some time we've been oppressed for countless amount of years for centuries so it's gonna take some time for us to get to where we need to be but we all need to be on the same mindset in order to achieve those but goals but i want to ask utak this question what's up i feel like you're really well versed on this i don't feel like i okay. am but do, do you think because also and i had this conversation but do you think black people use oppression as um don't get me wrong guys as like a like a like an a crutch, ex- like a a crutch or an excuse to kind of be you know to i don't know like to you know you, you get what i'm trying to say like use oppression to kind of like make it like a, as an excuse to do certain things or to you know or to yeah yeah I, well i think that like all humans you know absolutely like when you're oppressed for a certain amount of time and all you know is oppression sometimes mm-hmm. you know a lot comes from that like mm-hmm. oppression is just not a word it's an entire system and an entire structure talk about it and so therefore it's just like okay you know like if i was to go outside and rob somebody i could say yes well this is because you know i'm oppressed and i have this is the option that i have you know like that's it that's an easy it's an easy way to go, like, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense, right? Um, So I wouldn't say so much a crutch, Mm -hmm. but I would say that um, sometimes negative behaviors that we exhibit, you know, culturally, Mm -hmm. um, do come from the fact that, do come from the system, stem from the system of oppression. Um, So I wouldn't say a crutch, because a crutch implies like, okay, well, you don't really, like, you're just doing this and you're just complaining and like, you don't, this is not a real thing, right? Because it's a very, very real thing. Like a lot of people out here are are hungry and a lot Mm -hmm. of people out here, you know, they never had any access to education and they Mm -hmm. never had, but, um, and it affects us. And so I wouldn't say a crutch, but I would say that it is, it's oppression is deeply ingrained in our culture and and sometimes we see the the symptoms of that. So have you been affected by oppression? Because I'm looking from like the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. like our, you know, like our circle and, Just like how I grew up and where I grew up and, you know, my parents working and like all my friends' parents worked and Mm -hmm. I don't really know a lot of people. You know, like, uh, like I didn't I didn't see that until I was older. You know what I mean? Like, all like it's it's, it's a fact, like it's a known fact, like all of my all my friends, parents had jobs. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see this until maybe I got to like college and, and and maybe later in high school. So I didn't I didn't know what what that type of struggle was. Okay. You know what I mean? So I couldn't really relate until maybe now. Right. You I know? think there's levels though. There's like, levels. There's yeah. levels like, Definitely. you know, like okay. 
Um, how many of, of us in here ever like struggled in a school subject or anything? Like, <laughs> Math, and you so, know. Right? And so, <laughs> but on, on that same note, how many of us, how many of our parents were able to hire tutors? Or give us the resources Mine? in order to... I had, okay. a, I had a tutor. In Nigeria, I had, I had tutors. But I had not tutors here. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After school programs. In tutors, after school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but not not throughout my entire... Not like, throughout the not entire... Because yeah. it was throughout inconsistent right. throughout the school. During regions, um, I had tutors. How many of us... When did when did y'all first learn about the SATs? Junior uh, high school. Junior high school. Yeah, wow. like ninth, tenth grade. Like ninth, yeah. tenth grade. Yeah. You know, like y'all know that that's pretty that's a late. Little late, yeah. Really, it is. Yes. People practice. And see, and that's the thing about grade. like like when you're going through it, like you don't even know what the problem is. Like mm-hmm. we were supposed yeah. to be learning about that stuff. They had to pay the full confusion. I never knew. I never knew that. <laughs> we were supposed to be oh. learning. I thought junior high school was early to know about the yeah, PSATs no. and SATs. No, you know that's that's. It's not early. Like mm. there are people who, and so, and so when you're running a race and you know it's twisting and turning, and you've always been running that race, like you think that that's the route. You think that you know that's just the way that life is. Yeah. However, there are peers that you know have been coasting in their golf carts <laughs> through the same course. Yeah, dude. And it's completely different. And so we're just like, oh, I'm fine. Like well, I don't have to deal with depression. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, how, who in here has a trust fund? What what's that? <laughs> yeah, <right>. Exactly. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, there are certain things, um Damn, there, I didn't think about it like that. There are certain That's things that, you know, like we've had to be exceptional we've had to be exceptional to get to the same level that a lot of our counterparts could have gotten to more than via mediocrity. Yeah, yeah. And they have. Like they say, you have to be twice as good. Yes. You have to be. So as a business mm-hmm. uh, man and someone mm-hmm. that's working on, you know, improving the community, not only by yourself, but as a collective, mm-hmm. like how does oppression come into play? Because you're you're actually kind of providing like human services and right. human resources for people that are unable to find it themselves. Right. Like what prejudices or what um, biases do you, you know, encounter throughout your journey? Well, every everywhere, like for instance, um, you know, a lot of our nonprofits um, and a lot of our businesses are doing amazing, amazing work, mm-hmm. but they can't access the same funding for you know this better programs they can't get um comparable funding um like how many of y'all have ever been to a big fundraising event where people are throwing around you know hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars i worked i, have. One. I, ain't, I ain't ever been to one right and so you one. worked one yeah. you know but when has anybody you know written like five thousand ten thousand dollars for for right for something that like and so, you know, we have our organizations um, in the community that have been doing work for a long time, doing great work, but they're not serviced the same way. Like, we don't have the, the institutional wealth and the networks and the privilege um, to, uh, to do the kind of work that we need to do um, just because of what we look like and who we are. What about governmental assistance? Same thing. Same thing. And so sometimes, um, sometimes bigger, larger organizations and, um, you know, government agencies will come in and they'll they'll put their programs in place and they are, there's a lot of money involved. Mm-hmm. But the people who are actually on the ground doing the work, right. you know, won't see much of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, a lot of this, you ask where, where do I see oppression in, a, in, the, in the business realm? Like everywhere, right. you know. So what makes High Self different in terms of you know, basically 
being more reach like more like reachable. Not I don't want to say reachable, mm-hmm. like more visually appealing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I feel like when you talk about higher self, like mm-hmm. you talk about higher self and and it's numbers involved. You know right. what I mean? Like people support it in numbers. Mm-hmm. What makes yours different, your organization different than you know, the person who ran the community board trying to build a community garden for 10 years and couldn't get the funding? Well, I don't necessarily think it's different. I just think that, you know, I mean, sometimes people, like sometimes just strategy stuff, but also I think that our focus is on building community and in creative ways. Like, Mm -hmm. for instance, like you've seen, we've had um, artistic and cultural events, Mm -hmm. you know, because we feel like that's one way to kind of bring community in mm-hmm. for for other issues um and so i wouldn't say you know that anything is done differently or better than some of the ogs who've been doing it forever but you know just sometimes you know just thinking creatively about um old problems is is helpful what's next for higher self so um we're actually moving we're expanding to uh to newark this spring nice. congratulations so we out here thank Pick you and so newark is a great city because um it's very very it's like to say the least it's like brooklyn was in the 90s wow and so you know all the stuff that we're talking about we we miss and you know how we're lamenting that you know gentrification has destroyed you know newark still has a lot of that intact and so i'm excited for that so you're going to be helping the the community they're going to be helping me yep that's That's what's up i'm excited i'm so excited um well i have a little challenge for us so shout out to the just listen um, excuse me just just winging winging it it listeners (laughs) and to the link 24 radio listeners um since we're speaking about black people and oppression Mm -hmm. and privilege i want to challenge each and every one of us to support a black business this month we still have about two weeks left in the month of may if you can't make it for may you can always make it for june july and the rest of the year support a black business um if you see that lady out there selling shea butter with the coconut oil and the mango butter buy it support your own people things Mm -hmm. that you know you could get at trader joe's but you can also buy from that lady standing outside you can you can support her for once you can buy things that are online you can listen to link 24 link 24 radio just swinging it Um, go, go try a restaurant named Napoleon's located in Bedford between yeah, let's all, ooh. at the telling you chicken and waffles is OD alright so let's shout out let's shout out Napoleon's a black business Napoleon's soul food cuisine alright um who can I shout out? Oh, let's shout out Mashud. That's my uncle's store on Fulton Street. He sells all the original African clothing. Shout out to Mashud. That's a black business. That's been there for years. Facts. That's, so that's a landmark. That's a landmark. I'm going to shout out Three Black Cats. Um, this mm. is a cafe located in Brownsville. This is owned by three black sisters. They are out here really doing their thing. You can rent space for events. They also have like a little cute cafe that you can get some food, some drinks, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to shout out um, Barbara's Flower Shop. They're right, uh, located right around here. They've been in business for 50-some-odd years or something like that. Wow. And I just bought some some fly plants and flowers for them for the office in Jersey. So. Get your botanical yep. garden zone. <laughs> so I want to leave us off on a funny note. Since we all seen uh, Get Out. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the. Have we all seen it? Nah, yeah, not, not me. I'm this sorry, guys. Line. So you must, you might be you in the sunken place. No. So not the at all. Place. Always woke, <laughs> like right now. So, so the sunken place, uh, Utaka and Amari and Osa. Yes. Do you think um, we as Black people are easy, easily impressionable, and you know what can we do to change certain mentalities? You know what I mean. So, like for instance, what the white man says is always right. 
to some black people. You know what I mean? Like it, it just seems more accurate because a, a white person said it. Mm. How can we change that mentality? I think we should start playing the game, playing their game. Hmm. How? Well, what's the game? What's the game? The game is, you know, they always create this uh, image of us of you know us being wow, us being so erratic and whatnot. Barbaric, exactly. Okay, How about sure. let's play chess with them? Okay, cool. We could. All right. How about we could we own our, our small business here and there? We could you know develop to what they're they're doing or their mm-hmm. uh, establishment, which they turn into a franchise. Or how about we go to certain classes in which it offers how to become successful real estate people like mm-hmm. these white people be doing, and try to you know branch it out to our people so we could put in a position where they could budget properly to get back our lands that we we, we own once upon a time. How about we, you know, put our kids in a situation where not only we had to. Tell them that we gotta re- make make sure they got to rely on sports to get academic scholarships and whatnot by creating you mm-hmm. know a- educational workshops where they could you know be prepared to take the SATs and PSATs in earlier grades compared to what we was in high school right. junior high school and high school. So it's all a matter of which you could play chess with them. I'll strategize them to beat them at their own games to which they could really really you know look at themselves like damn we don't come to play exactly <laughs> no no. no. No easily sunken place. <laughs> and Usak, what about you? Um, so the question is, what can we do to kind to of change our mentality? To change to mm-hmm. reverse it. Um, I think that I think that what's happening right now already is really cool. Um, I feel like it kind of happens in waves. Probably every twenty-five years or so, it gets really, really cool to be black. Mm-hmm. Like you know, preach. Like you know, in the early nineties. There was this. Everybody was rocking dashikis. People are rocking dashikis, yeah. fake ones. That's but now, <laughs> now again, you know. Yeah. And so I think that that is important, and that's the the start, you know, because how we think about mm-hmm. ourselves and each other. Like somebody, a black person will disrespect you because they they did they don't respect themselves. You know, many times um, they don't like how they look, and so they don't like how you look. You know, somebody mm-hmm. will say, oh. You know, you're a nappy-headed hoe because blah 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 because be they feel that be. they feel that way about their own self and their own it's a reflection you know. of themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is definitely the first step. And the second step is, you know, definitely like Omari said, actionable things mm-hmm. like um, like you said, idea like supporting black establishments and supporting black things in general, mm-hmm. um, no matter what, because it's important for our survival. So what age should we start teaching our children? Zero. Jump. What? Okay, so we should start, like, te- we should start training them for, for the PSATs and SATs when they're young. No, 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 I mean, we're talking about like no, just... Yeah, but you know yeah. that too. Because oh, really? I want to know for about that. that for that, I mean early childhood education. Yeah. Like, okay. like, yo, these kids, like, do you know how, many, how much money rich gentrifiers spend on child care service? I love that. Child care services I, and I used to be like I the, used to babysit Right and, and, and the kind of Like they have tutors For their Everything For everything Like Swimming If you don't speak anything, Another language Another language Everything And like they're, they're They're giving their kids The building blocks mm-hmm. From day one Like And so Yeah I feel like you had An advantage growing I up did. Though, like, I did Because Even though like Yeah I had tutors And I went to Some Some good schools Or whatever the case may be I feel like Utak was always the smarter one <laughs> and I think it's because the way he grew up you know what I mean like yeah education was a really is, was big in the household but I think you learned it in a different way yeah I mean I just 
I just I would it, school and stuff was always easy for me. It was just easy, and so Talking. you know, Good. so that's just that's just what <laughs> it was. Talk your shit. You, 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 you earned it. You earned nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> it was always just easy. So and so it wasn't a, but the same. If I was, um, yeah, if I was a child of one of these gentrifiers, you know, I would have had more. <laughs> I would have had more Anywhere. tools. More, for free. I would. And anything, you know, the Did world. Did you go to Harvard? No. Oh, I was about to say, damn. You know what? <laughs> interesting story. Utok is so smart. And he actually, even though, you know, he dropped out of school, he inspired me to stay in school because he taught me that, yeah, school's not for everyone, you know, but school is for people who, who do need that extra push. And I felt like I needed that I mean, extra I push. I mean, I think that it is. Every Everybody yeah. should everybody should go. What you choose to do after, you, yeah. know, you know, but... But yours is just a success story right, for like, me, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, you want... Okay, if you're in a fight, you want every weapon at your disposal. Mm -hmm. Like, you want every... And so if you can if you can get five degrees, get five degrees. Or if you think that that's one of this, the weapons in your toolkit, like, you need that. So like, what advice would you give someone who dropped out of college? Well, I mean, it depends on wh what are they doing? Like, what do they want to do? Like, did they... Entrepreneurship, say, like, for you, like, entrepreneurship, in, in an entrepreneurship right. standpoint. Like, what did you do? I mean, it do? doesn't... There's, there's no... Because I feel like you started working right after. Right, but there's there's no inherent benefit. Like, mm -hmm. that's just a... And also, it's a very privileged thing. Like, they talk about Bill Gates, stuff like that. There's privileged. no... Yeah, there's, there's no... There's no inherent benefit to, you know, the Zuckerbergs, oh, well, I'm going to leave Harvard and I'm going to do this. Like, there's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it actually, if you're not going into crippling debt, it actually probably is better to, you know, finish and just mm -hmm. go, you know, that like, that makes more sense, yeah. like, for, for most people. Um, and so I wouldn't say there's any, like, you know, magical thing, like, some kind of, for the most part, that's a myth. You know, yeah. the, oh, the entrepreneur, he drops out, and whatever. I mean, I just um, look at you, like, mm -hmm. damn, like, you, he, you did it. You right. know what I mean? Which is very, very, very rare to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I was just like, damn, like, I, I always thought, like, if Uta could drop out of school, so can I. And then I'm like, wait, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't got, I don't got the juice like that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Um, guys, stay in school, and if you drop out, make sure you have a plan. Yeah, make sure you have a plan. I mean, Absolutely. just get, get every tool. And the, again, about tools, like yo, if you can learn a trade, Listen. you know, learn that. Like Lewis if you can says. learn, if you can learn to to code, learn that. Like if you can Shout learn out something. To Kenneth Montgomery. Who's yeah. that? Um, so he is a lawyer and attorney. He's also a law professor at Fordham. Um. And he teaches young boys every Saturday and young girls as well at the Mont Hall Bridges Academy okay. in Brownsville to code, photography, mm. um, things about law, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So like that's 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 like starting by the foundation as well. So I love it. And like, yeah, we need that. We need everything. Yeah. Like we need we need to get to to the basics too. Like we need trade jobs. Like we need everything. And so every single and that's what I'd say. anything mm -hmm. that you can pick up you know pick it up practice, and you know and, and use it perfect. and what worked for me um just before we end this off like i said that i wasn't gonna go to college right after high school mm -hmm. i said i want to master my trade learn like you know from professionals and master it master it, master it because i never want to be broke you right. know what i mean like i feel like Whoa. if you do not learn a trade people should not just rush into going to school because there's more to it you know what i mean mm -hmm. like master your passion master what you you know like right. do what you love but still have a plan at the end of the day right. and um 
we're gonna end this off by Can saying thank say? you. Oh, also. Um, so back to the question that you asked earlier, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, do like uh, what DJ Khaled does to Assad, even from when he was in the womb. Facts. Just speak positivity, speak all the goodness into their lives, and hey then, boy, hey boy, <laughs> and literally like, boy. but you can see how happy he is as a kid. So Facts. you know, like as a community, we, just, we have to encourage each and uplift each other. That's one thing that I would definitely. Yeah, big up your friends, yo. Like, Back support, like, support, yo, support. I believe in, I believe in nepotism. I believe in, yo, if your friend Need something or has a skill, hire them to do it. Yeah. Like, Who's like hiring me to pour wine? <laughs> <laughs> anything, he believes in me. Anything, yo. Facts. Anything, Facts. like, yo. Facts. 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 Any event for any any surprise on your man. <laughs> so we're gonna need no star renders. <laughs> so where can the just winging it listeners find you, Mister? Um, oh me? Yes, you can you. find me. I, I'm on social media. Everything is. Um, I'm not that active personally on social media, but Utak West, U-T-A-K-W-S-T, you can find me. And your business, Higher and Self? Yeah, you can find it at HigherSelfLife.com. Um, we also have a workforce development program at HigherSelf.biz. And so, we out so here. you're looking for a job, oh, you know where to go. <laughs> no. Get the money, get the money. <laughs> and that was Just Winging It. Just Winging It. Thank you, guys. Peace. 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 <laughs> <Some scuff. laughs>